This is Savio. I've been seeking answers to some of life's most perplexing questions my entire life. In 2014, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And ever since, I realized my calling existed outside of what I knew to be familiar. This podcast is your home for survivors like myself and those who are searching to find meaning to their why. In season two, the show includes a mix of coaching sessions followed immediately by interviews with those from all walks of life who have been successful in the business, marketing, coaching, and financial worlds. The intent is to show the human experience in its rawest form so that others may glean insight. Nothing is rehearsed or has been edited. As a board-certified wellness coach, my job is to ask the deep questions of those trying to make sense of their place in this fractured world. I believe life speaks to us in different ways. Many of us listen, but don't know how or where to begin. As someone who has crossed the bridge between life and death, I say simply, begin where you are now and get busy living. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate if you could share it and subscribe. Be sure to tag me at The Human Resolve so I can reciprocate in kind. So without further ado, welcome to The Human Resolve Podcast. Joanna Chanis had shared the last 23 years with someone who she felt checked all the boxes on paper, but didn't offer that true emotional spark. As an author, keynote speaker, and breast cancer survivor, she knows that getting her happy back is a process, one where her future love can be imagined into existence. Hi, Joanna. Good to see you. Nice to see you, Savio. Thanks for having me. Sure. So what would you like coaching on today? Okay, let's talk about relationships. I am just getting out of a 23-year marriage. I have been with my ex-husband for 24 years, and I have not been in another relationship um, in a very, very long time, almost half my life. So I would love uh, any sort of insight or guidance there um, on how to not fall into the same patterns again. How do I make sure that the next person that comes into my life is my person? You know, things like that. So all things relationships. I love to ask a guy about relationships. Okay, great. So what I heard is you want to talk about relationships that you just came out of a 23, 24-year-old relationship, and you just want some insights on how to make sure the next one is something that's more fulfilling. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, it should be a lot more fulfilling, I would say, and and just overall different. I'm really craving something completely opposite of of what um, I have experienced, so... Yeah. Okay, so what would be a great outcome for today's conversation? I would love to have some direction. Joanna, these are things that you could focus on. These are things that have worked for me. These are things that I've helped other people work through. Things like that. Just mm-hmm. advice in general. I haven't, in all of the work that I do, I always am sitting where you are and I'm helping other people. And it's very rare that somebody asks me, how can I help you on an emotional level? Let's back up. I have a lot of people to help me with a lot of things. But as far as advice on relationships, you know, most of my friends, if not all, are in very established relationships. Um, I to have a couple of friends that aren't, um, they're newer friends, but that whole part of my life is just completely over and it's just new. So it's interesting. It's an interesting space to be in as I'm you know, almost 49 years old. Great. So you want just more direction uh, and most of the support in your life. You sat where I am and you just kind of want, you're craving that, is that correct? Yeah, just give me some advice. Tell me what you think I should, tell, tell me what you, what you would do if you were me. So what's your ideal uh, sort of notion of a healthy relationship? Okay, my ideal notion, that has changed so much. I am looking for a partner. 
an actual partnership, someone that allows me to be exactly who I am, who they can be exactly who they are, but we have a common interest and common goals and enjoy spending time together. We enjoy doing the same things uh, or, or some of the same things. Like I am a big foodie. I love to travel. I love um, to dance. I love music. I love to be with people. And I would love someone that also loves those things so I could share them. I'm looking to, the notion of my relationship is to be able to build and share a life with someone and you have a, have a true partnership. And the relationship that you just left, what was, what was the, how do you describe that? The opposite of that. So I was very autonomous in that relationship. Uh, we operated in almost in silos. Uh, I, although we were physically usually always together, we were very disconnected. And so I was very much the primary caregiver and raiser of our two daughters who are now 19 and 17 and raising them is a completely different thing as opposed to when they were younger. I really was the glue for the family and just, you know, culturally uh, how I was raised and just kind of keeping the family together and all of that. But when I stepped away and when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2019, and since I've healed, you know, thank God, I had to step away for the first time and really just take care of myself. I didn't take care of my children. I didn't take care of my ex-husband. I didn't take care of anybody but myself. And when I stepped away and started to really take care of myself, it became very obvious that I was in a marriage alone. And because a lot of things didn't really change for me, um, he was and remains very focused on his work and that was really just what he does um, and who he is. And I am, I found that I was always doing things that I like to do, but I was always doing them alone or with my children or with friends, which really is no different than being single. And um, it wasn't until I was diagnosed with breast cancer that I realized how alone I was in the relationship. And I know that from other women and men who have been diagnosed with cancer and they've gone through that, it's really, it's a, it's a great truth teller, right? You can't, you know firsthand, you can't, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It is just what it is. And things became very obvious to me at the time. Um, and I just kind of let it all play out after that. I um, focused on my healing, then the pandemic happened. And during the pandemic, it came, became very obvious to me and to my daughters, and I mean, I can't speak for him, but it, there was just nothing left. And we would be better off really going our separate ways as opposed to living together separately. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Uh, but it was hard. Yeah. But it was hard. It's hard to make that decision. Mm. So, would, would you like to explore this idea of, uh, or this feeling of alone? The feeling of alone? I don't understand the question. Yeah, you mentioned it in that relationship that you just left, that you had this immense feeling of alone, or feeling alone. Yeah. Did you want to explore that and see where that might take you? Sure. Yeah, okay, so I just want you to get comfortable in your seat. If you feel inclined, you can close your eyes or soften your gaze, whatever. So I want you to take a couple of deep breaths in and out. And we'll just do a quick body scan. Just want you to breathe into the different body parts I mentioned. The top of the head, the forehead, the eyes, the nose, the ears, the mouth, the lips, the neck, the shoulders, the upper body. Torso, 
lower body, legs, your feet. So I want you to take a couple of breaths in and out. This feeling of alone in that relationship, does it hit you in anywhere in your body? Not anymore. No. When you think of getting out of a relationship now, is, is there anything bubbling for you? When I think of what? The fact that you're now out of that relationship. Is there anything bubbling in your body? I just feel relief. Relief. Any um, images or sensations? In my lower abdomen, like in my gut, it just feels a little unsettled. A little unsettled. Can you describe what's happening? Almost like a little tightness um, and like a dull sensation that kind of comes and goes. Tightness and a dull sensation. Does it have anything to say to you? I'm not sure. If it sort of doubled in size, what, what would that feeling be like? I think I would feel very blocked. Does it just want to stay there or does it have a purpose? I'm not sure. Have you ever felt this way before in, in, other, in another scenario in your life? I have. It's just like that little gut feeling, that little twing, that something is just off. Can you introduce anything to shed more light on, on it? I think that I know that I have made the best decision and the, and the right decision going forward. But there are still lingering emotions and experiences and memories that c come up. And that's what feels a little unsettling at times. It's, it's almost like I'm very excited to move forward, but there's like something there just looming in the background. These lingering experiences and feelings. What do you suppose you know, it's there for? I have no idea. I mean, it's just half of a lifetime. So I think it's just debris. What if you explored one of these feelings? Okay. Does it have any, any information? I don't, I don't know. Are there any emotions that come up when you think of them? Um, well, I used to feel anger and frustration, and now those dissipate. Now I just am aware, and I'm, I'm in a place of acceptance. Acceptance for? what has happened and where I am now. Is the other party in acceptance as well? I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Have you had those, have you had that conversation? With myself or? Both. I, I haven't 
I've been really focusing on myself, so I don't, I really don't know what's going on with him. So, Joanna, how do you suppose that you might be able to move forward from these feelings? Or I think it's just going to be time, Savio. I think just like anything else, there just has to be time. I think the right time, I think the right timing of things is always so important. You know, um, I think it just takes time. Is there any sort of modality you can use to make it feel better? I mean, I feel good. It's not that I don't feel good. Um, I don't know. Do you have any modalities that I could use? I mean, if you're open to it, have you journaled the experience? Oh, yes. You know, I'm a writer, I think, as you know. So I, I write every single morning. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's just some things just take time. And... I think because we're in this generation of an age of Google and instant gratification that we think that we should plow through things really quickly. But I think that every experience deserves the grace and time and respect that it, that it should have. And, you know, the reality is it's a 23-year marriage. If it was some sort of instant thing to kind of pop out of, I think that that would be a little strange as well. What were some lessons from this situation that you could probably learn from regarding the next? Are you talking about the marriage or are you talking about the breakup or what part? All of it. Oh, God, there's so many lessons. That could be 20 podcasts. Um... (laughs) I, there's so many lessons. Um, I think my biggest takeaway is to follow my gut, which is maybe that's why this was coming up when you, you and I were speaking, um, is to follow my gut. And I knew immediately when I had met him that things just didn't line up and I overlooked those things thinking that I could work within those parameters and I sacrificed a lot of myself for the overall what I thought was overall good and again I'm the one that made all these decisions it's not like he made these decisions or somebody else made these decisions for me I chose to be in this relationship I chose to get married I chose to stay And I really wanted it to work, but I knew at many, many points from our initial meeting um, to our engagement, to our wedding, to our life before children, to our life during children, to our life after children, that these very, very glaring big issues and big disconnects were always there. And they... They only got worse as time went on. So that's, I guess, my main takeaway is to follow my gut. And it's interesting since um, I have been on a couple of dates, you know, recently. And it's funny, I haven't dated in 24 years. But I just, I just have no, um, I have no agenda. And I think that when I was um, looking for when I met my, my ex-husband, I, I really wanted to get married. I really wanted to start a family. And I had these preconceived uh, ideas in my head of what that looked like and culturally what that was. It was very important for me to marry somebody Greek. It was very important that he was a certain way. And he matched, he checked every single thing on paper. But what I was did what I overlooked was all the emotional voids that and mismatches that we had, and so now going into the next relationship or the future relationship, 
I'm only looking for the emotional connection. And I don't have an agenda at all. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I don't know. I, I don't have all of these limitations that I had put on my 25-year-old self. Um, I remember being in, in one date thinking to myself, where was this girl 25 years ago? Because she's awesome. I'm <laughs> just like... <laughs> Okay, where was I? I think there's a lot that comes with time and, and wisdom. Um, you don't have an agenda, and I'll just know when I know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to my gut because it has never led me astray. So that's that's my life. That's my lesson. But there's been, oh my God, there's been so many lessons. I mean, I may appear to be to some people. A very impatient person um, because I'm outspoken I'm, I do what I say I'm gonna do I go forward I mean you know, I'm an entrepreneur but if you were in my marriage with me you would realize that I was the most patient person in the world and I think it taught me this incredible patience I uh, there was a lot of good that came out of my marriage as well my two incredible daughters who I am so incredibly privileged that they came through me uh, on this in this world and that I get to have an adult relationship with them now which is a lot more fun than an adolescent and teenage relationship I can tell you already um, I am very proud to be their mom because of the human beings that they are and the hearts that they have and their empathy and compassion and how they see the world and how they see themselves and others. Um, I will forever be grateful to their father for that. And he will always have a place in my heart for that reason. Um, I learned that I am a lot stronger than I think I am. I learned that not all relationships in your life are meant to be forever. And they all serve as a certain thing and time and purpose. And everything is a process. Um, I learned to stop being angry because I was so angry for so many years of my marriage. And now I realize that even when things happen, because they do, because it's life and it's inevitable, I don't have the same response that I used to have all of those years because I don't have that black cloud or that thing that I was making sure looked okay to other people, which in that case was the marriage. Um, I don't have that. So it's, you know, now I'm a bit of an open book. So um, not a bit, I'm, I'm a total open book. So yeah, I learned so much. So like anything, not that I wanna equate my former marriage to cancer, but like anything that's hard in your life, like cancer, like a divorce, like a challenging marriage, it will it is there to make you learn what you're here to learn on this on this journey. I didn't have that kind of like thoughtful insight at the time. Believe me, there were plenty of times where I just lost it. But now, in retrospect, just like anything else, when you come out of it and you're on the other side, you're like, oh, that's why that happened. Oh, okay. And I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I didn't spend all those years with him. And I believe deep down somewhere that he wants the best for me and I know I want the best for him. So that's where I'm at. I always will see him as somebody's child and the father of my children. So all of the kind of bad things that transpired between us are always second place to that. 
So those are some really amazing life lessons. How do you suppose you can sort of create and attract that that, that new person in your life given those experiences? Well, that's a question for you. <laughs> I I think it's interesting, you know, I'm a <laughs> I'm really good at manifesting anything I want, good or bad, you know? Like if you think about and perseverate on something, I I swear I had manifested the cancer. I, I worried about it for so long. I worried about it for 15 years. And, and one day I, I expected it. So how can I channel all of that energy, which I know works, whatever you pay attention to happens, into the perfect partnership? Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little bit of other insight and you're either gonna think I'm cuckoo or whatever, but I don't really care. I, my father passed away when I was 16 years old, and um, I feel a very strong connection to him still, um, 33 years later. I know that he has someone picked out for me, and at the right time, that person will appear. I just, I know it. I, I've always felt it, but it's been confirmed. I, um... I see a medium that I absolutely love, and she had said this to me after I had thought it myself. I always believed it. I actually thought that my ex-husband was the person that my dad had sent me, but he maybe he did send me that that person for you know the reason of having my children and learning all of these things and and becoming the woman that I am today. But I think the the love of my life, I haven't met yet. And I know he's there somewhere. I don't know when he's coming. So it's something like I don't even worry about. And when people say, well, what does he look like? I don't really know. I, I just know what he feels like. And I know my dad has just completely picked him out for me. He's got him ready. I just know it. So what do you think? Am I cuckoo? <laughs> I don't think you're cuckoo, but I am curious, besides your dad giving you that, you know, extra, extra sort of, sort of focus and, and emphasis on you finding that partner, are there any things you can do accountability-wise on a day-to-day -day basis that can draw that person to your life? All right, this is where you're putting me in the hot seat, because I typically tell people this all the time. I'm like, well, that's great, but how are you going to, you know, get it, get there? I think I have to just allow myself and it wasn't, you know, none of this, my divorce literally just took legal action, uh, you know, and was, uh, you know, all the terms on October 1st. So there was something that felt unsettling to me about pursuing another relationship while I was in my mind and heart married. I just didn't feel right about it. Um, and that's to each his own, but that's, that's my personal choice. But now that um, we have uh, agreed to that and we are just, now it's just logistics, really. I think what I can do is write about him every morning. And so I, you know, you asked me if I, if I write and I got a little bit, you know, kind of like, well, of course I write, I'm a writer, you know, type of tone. I don't, I don't know why I had that tone, but I was kind of like, Sabio, you know I write, you've read my work. Right? Like, you're a writer, I'm a writer, don't we write every day? But what about, what if I start to write every day one thing about him, this, this future love? And, um, yeah, and I'll just kind of imagine him into life. Hmm. When do you suppose you could start that? Oh, well, I'm going to start right away. I'm going to start tomorrow. What's tomorrow, October 7th? Yep. Okay, October 7th. So we're going to give this, so October 7th, so you and I are friends, and we'll stay in touch and we'll communicate. So when you're at the wedding of this, <laughs> <laughs> and you give a toast... I'm kidding. Well, I'm kind of not kidding. But, all right, so you really, 
you all right, you put, I have to put my money where my mouth is now. So I've got to do all the things now that I, I got to do what I would tell somebody else to do. So I'm going to do it. So October 7th, when do we reconvene? What, January 7th? Yeah. So January 7th is a very big day in my culture and in my religion. And it is the day of St. John the Baptist, and I'm Greek Orthodox, and that is the saint I am named after. Oh. So that is in the kind of like the biggest religious day associated with me. I didn't realize, you know, so that, that so there's some significance there. So January 7th, we will reconvene on this. Is there any obstacles that would stop you from actually beginning this? No. No, I already have, like I said, I write every morning, so I'm going to have this little blue journal that I take with me if I'm traveling overnight somewhere and I don't want to bring my computer, because I write everything on a Word, on a Google Drive, which drives my, my publisher and editor crazy, because then they have to transfer it to Word. They're like, yeah, you need to write in Word. I'm like, I know, but I like that I don't have to save it all the time. So I write in Google. Where, where do you write? Um, I write in, in Word as well, actually. Okay, so everybody writes in Word. Maybe I'm the world's only author that writes in Google. But I write in Google, and then I'll just, like, cut and paste like my whole book, like 160 pages into Word. And I don't know. Maybe I'll start. But I, I write in Google every morning because I am working on a book right now. And I journal, uh, and I write, I, you know, I use my computer. But when I travel and I don't want to bring my computer overnight, I bring this little blue journal that I was given on this incredible retreat that I went on this past summer. And I've only have one or two pages filled on that journal because I don't, obviously with this pandemic situation, I don't travel much now. But I now will take that and that will become my journal for him. Excellent. And it's got a kind of got a masculine energy to it. It's interesting. It's a, it's a, it's just got a masculine energy. So that will be it. And I will write a line every day about, about him. Mm. What a great practice that you yeah. are having me do. Yeah. Um, can I offer a resource to you? Please. Yeah. So everyone talks about the secret and you oh, know, to I a large degree, there's, there's a, there's great truth in the secret. But I, you know, in my trainings and sort of in my work and even in my own life, I realize there's an element, and someone actually mentioned this to me, so it's not really my original thought, but it's the opposite of that is the embodiment part. Are you embodying those things? If you want kindness from someone, if you want to, are you actually embody, Are you actually practicing that or being that or embodying that? And it's just something I wanted to just offer to you because it really paused. Yeah. I paused when I was told this and I'm like, oh wow, I haven't really even thought about that. I'm all about creating, but then I'm yeah. not thinking about what I'm doing with self. Like, cause it's, you know, both are attract, that energy is attracting both. So it's like finding the right person at the right time. Just something I wanted to offer to you. Well, I think it's a beautiful offering and a great reminder. And I know when you and I had done the article that we did together, um, which I, I just want to commend you on an incredible series. I mean, oh. as a cancer success story, and you have a cancer success story, sharing all of these cancer success stories to inspire others are, is just such a beautiful movement. And um, I'm, so, I'm so blessed to be part of it. Um, but that embodiment was, was on there, and you had mentioned it. And... I really, that stuck with me, and I'm very conscious of, I guess the best way that I do it now, or I'm aware of it, is like when I'm talking to my teenage daughter, Thalia, who's 17, we're just, it's just the two of us, and the other one's off at college, my older one, Melina, and if she has a, you know, an attitude towards me, I would typically respond with an attitude back, like, I would be like, wait. You know, don't don't talk to me like that. And since your embodiment question made me aware, I've changed the way that I respond to her. So if she has like a little bit of sass, I'll be like, hey, do you want to rethink that? Because I'm being nice to you. 
and she'll immediately kind of pause and she's like, yeah, you are being nice to me. And I don't think I was that nice in my marriage. I'll tell you right now. I was really angry. And I write about that in my book, but I was really angry. So, you know, we were so disconnected. So whatever I was, I was embodying, I was doing exactly what you're saying. I'm a great manifester and yet I was a bitch. Okay. And I can say that. And so what I attracted was that. And so now I literally hold myself to a very high standard of kindness. And I know I'm a kind person. I always, I've always been a kind person. I just, the reaction doesn't need to, to be that anymore. So embodiment is huge. So thank you. Sure, absolutely. So before we wind down, I, you know, we talked a lot about so you getting out of this relationship, you trying to end, you know, sort of start a new one and how that sort of makes you feel. How does this feel in your stomach, that sort of tightness you mentioned now? You know, I don't really feel it, which is great. I feel like talking through it with a friend is always so nice and and always, oh, it's like better than therapy. And I and listen, and I, and I believe in therapy and everybody should stay in therapy. I'm not, please don't like go crazy on me. But I think that there's something to be said about just talking something through in a simple way with a friend, that's what I feel like this was today. And I, I was listening to a podcast recently of Oprah's, and she said that you know that's what she that's what she has done all these years with her best friend. And I'm very lucky because I have a very close group of there's you know five of them, including me, and I, I talk a lot of things through. So that's what this felt like today. So thank you. Sure, absolutely. So I think this is probably a good time for us to transition to the interview portion. So tell my right. audience more about Joanna Chanis and, and what you do and sort of your mission in life. All right. Well, thank you. So I am a professional mentor uh, and an inspirational speaker. I do corporate speaking and private events. I also mentor women through hard things, anything from cancer to career changes to menopause, you name it based on my own personal experience and a unique proprietary methodology that I developed healing from breast cancer myself called the Mindset Mentor Method. It's a three-step method that I have taught many women who have had incredible results. They've been able to get promoted in their careers, buy homes, uh, have the relationships that they want, have the financial stability that they've desired. The results, if people check out my website at joannachanis.com. You can link everything through Instagram, which is also just joannachanis. But that's where you'll see the content, the free content that I put out, which is really just research for my next book, which is so fun to do. Um, so I do that. I uh, consult for companies and and I use my mentor role there. I advise uh, companies in sales and I help them maximize their employees emotionally as well, like really connect emotionally with their employees and have the right plan going forward so they have happy employees that are that they retain and the employees are happy as well so um i really take the same methodology which is this three-step mindset mentor method and i apply it towards every aspect of what i do whether i'm working one-on-one -on -one with a client a lot of um, moms will hire me to work with their younger 20-something daughters as they're transitioning out of college or in their grad school out of career into their career and they think they're supposed to have it all figured out my purpose you asked me in life is to intercept every 20-something and teach them this method i am launching a mindset mentor club in November awesome. of 2021, which is a subscription-based club where I will offer, bring in other experts and as well as myself, I consider myself a resilience expert. And I, there's two keynotes a month um, 
really focusing on the methodology. And so if you can't work with me one-on-one, um, you can participate in that group, which I've made at a very uh, low entry point financially to make sure it is accessible to every single person that needs it. And if someone is listening right now and they can't afford the $20 a month, email me, message me, we'll figure it out. The My passion and purpose is to intercept every 20-something and teach them this methodology so they can stay healthy and have an abundant, successful, healthy life. I believe that if I had this access, access to this methodology in my 20s, I probably wouldn't have developed cancer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. So I thought, okay, yes, of course I help women with cancer. And of course I, and I will continue to do that for the rest of my life. But why do we have to wait until somebody gets sick? Why can't we go back and lay the foundation for these 20 somethings, which by the way, have it harder than we ever had it because they're living these splintered lives like their social media life and then they're living their real life and they're afraid to make mistakes because it's it's all over the place now and life is full of ebbs and flows and mistakes and teaching them to reduce stress through this method and live a fulfilling life is just I mean, I hope people check out the website because it's it's all it's it's all their words. It's all real life people that have learned the methodology and apply it and have changed their lives. So, what do you find is the biggest roadblock in the clients that you serve? My clients don't really have roadblocks because they're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, when they when they find me, they're ready. Um, it's interesting. I. There are no roadblocks. It's it's fascinating. I, I have this mentorship group that they show up at. No one's drinking wine. No one is. Everyone is focused. I would say the only roadblock generationally is confidence. They have outward confidence, but not inner confidence to make a mistake. And so that means when you're afraid to make a mistake, then you don't really make decisions very easily. And decision-making is the most important part of your life. It's that this is the reality. It's just, so I really work with them on applying the method, teaching them a method and they apply it and being present and being where you are and being in the moment so that I, we've had no roadblocks. I mean, I, nobody's asked me that before, but I have to say, like, well, I also work with an incredible group of people. I don't even know how I got this lucky. I, I don't even know. Wow. But I'm so excited for, this, for the, the launch of this club. And it was really because they asked for it that I developed it. Kind of a, an entry-level product for the 20-somethings if somebody you know, cannot afford to work with me one-on-one they're going to get access to the information in a group and also be part of an exclusive community that's so that's also not exclusive it's inclusive but the content is exclusive so it's not going to be content that's available on my website it's not going to be content that i post about it's going to be exclusively curated content that comes that is derived from what is happening in their real life and what we can address now. So there will be custom keynotes and experts brought in to help them and help them grow and be, you know, I really believe that we can decrease the levels of of stress and we can decrease the levels of cancer. If you were to go back in time to your 20-something self, what are three pieces of advice you would give? I cry every time people ask me this. I would say, Joe, you are enough the way you are. You just are. Number two is let shit go. Do not carry it around with you. And number three is forgive yourself first and forgive others even when they don't say they're sorry. Move on. Wow. 
the third one really strikes me. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I mean, if you're waiting for the person that hurt you to say they're sorry in order for you to forgive them, you'll die waiting. And I think there's nothing left cancer to get you off your ass to forgive. And I realized that I, you know, people don't do what you would do. People do what they would do. And we spend a lot of time feeling disappointed and stressed out because people didn't react or treat us the way that we would have treated them. Well, they're not you. So I have a very big capacity for forgiveness. And I think it's one of my superpowers. And I, I just, I forgive. I just forgive. And I expect to be forgiven. That's not always the case because I also make a million mistakes a day. But I think that, and not even this cliche, like forgiveness is a gift you give yourself and like a hashtag and all that kind of BS. It's like really, if you have forgiven the person, you're not replaying that bullshit in your mind anymore. Okay? Like move on. And I, I was stuck and I was really hurt by, you know, members of my family and people that were in my life at some point. And I really harbored a lot of resentment and sadness and frustration around that. And now I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't have that anymore. And I feel like a completely different person. How have you handled the aftermath post-cancer? Well, that's a whole other show, right? It's, uh, it's your life before cancer and your life after cancer. There are two lives and it's not like one is better or worse. They're just different, right? Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So how I've handled it is I, well, I've used my methodology every single day. That's what's gotten me off my knees and literally given me purpose and helped me. I cancer pandemic and divorce in nine months. If I didn't use this methodology, I'd probably be dead. Hmm. I've handled myself with grace and respect. My body is different. Post-cancer, I, you know, have prosthetic breasts. I don't have my real breasts anymore. But I look at these breasts and I say every morning how grateful I am. And my breasts before, which were gorgeous and natural, I always nitpicked about. Isn't that interesting? I, you know, I eat the chocolate. You know, if I want to have a piece (laughs) of chocolate, I eat the chocolate. If I you know, want to watch a little Netflix at night before I go to sleep, I watch a little Netflix. I don't judge myself the way I used to. I was judgy Joe before cancer. And now I don't judge myself and I don't judge others. So that's how I've handled my post-cancer. I fall out of it sometimes, but I remind myself. So someone sort of listening to this and sort of they're young and naive and we're just really just confused with the world and everything that's going on how you know what would you what would you sort of tell them i would say stop where you are and try stop trying to understand the crisis when you're in the crisis that's the number one thing a lot of times, in, and you know because you've had cancer and I've had cancer, when you're in cancer, you're like, how could this happen to me? Look at us, you and I. Meditators, we're yogis, we're manifest, all this stuff, and it still happens. If you're trying to find out the why while the why is happening, you'll never know why. So accept that it's happening, I'm not saying that you need to like it. And from there, and just know that one day you'll know why. Or you might never know why. We're always trying to figure out the why. And some things you just can't explain. So instead of wasting your energy, worrying, and trying to figure out why, figure out why you're here. Everybody's here for a reason. 
Instead of finding out why things are happening, try to focus on your why. Why are you here? Everyone is a gift and everyone has a gift. Figure out your why and you'll find your gift and share that with the world. That's what I would tell the young person. That's what I tell my daughters. That's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So um, I know you mentioned it previously, but just tell my audience again where they can find you on the, on the internet. So you can find me because I'm friends with you on, on, on LinkedIn. So you can, I'm Joanna, I'm Joanna Chanis everywhere. Just J-O-A-N-N-A-C-H-A-N-I-S. Greek girl from Worcester, Massachusetts. I haven't lived there since I was 17, but that's my hometown. I got to give it a little shout out. Um, you can find me there on Instagram. I have everything linked. You can email me at uh, info at joannachanis.com. Check out my website, joannachanis.com. That's where everything is housed. I have a podcast called About Life with Joe and a YouTube channel. Um, just, you know, just a lot of good stuff that people can, can consume for free. And then, of course, if you're interested in working with me further or having me speak at your company or at an event or at a girls' night in or girls' night out, I would love to um, do a custom keynote for you and help people move the needle and have a better life. Um, I do that. My purpose on this earth is to help people and connect people. And so if I can help you or connect you in some way, I'm your girl. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Duran. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. And I know that we'll be collaborating again soon. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you again. Hi there. I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast episode of The Human Resolve. If you feel that others may enjoy this episode as well, please share socially at The Human Resolve. They can also visit my website, thehumanresolve.com, where I offer one-on-one coaching sessions, daily prompts to move in the right direction, sync directly to your smartphone, and a subscription to my weekly newsletter where I probe into the secrets from living smarter to feeding your three brains. If you could also help me out and give me a review and rating on this platform, because I do care what you have to say, I would really appreciate it. Now, get out there, my friends, and get busy living.